Welcome to Whipple's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Whipple. Who needs to watch Days of Our Wives, or any other soap opera for that matter, when you can watch the Green Bay Packers? Every week, there seems to be some zany twist or turn in Packerland. Hi, I'm Gary Wolfel, and thanks for taking time to join Rob Reichel and I for another Packers podcast that Rob, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I think it's going to be one of our more enjoyable ones ever, Gary. No doubt about it. Hey, quick question. Is Days of Our Life still on the air? That was one of my college staples, Gary. Boy, was that a fun show. <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, Gary, and, and, and I'll tell you what. It, it, Number one, I, I liked I liked the content back then. I, I liked shows like that and Melrose Place and uh-huh. Beverly Hills 90210 and some of those some of those goofy shows that are around back then, Gary. But then number two, at least in my dorm, 37 <laughs> girls would gather every day, Gary, to watch Days of Our Lives and me and about two other guys. So it, it actually increased the odds that uh, you know, guy a guy like myself, Gary, actually looked okay for an hour. You know, every time we do a podcast, you gain more and more respect for you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So anyways, well, we, we got, oh my goodness, some delectable topics to chew on today. And, you know, there's Aaron Rodgers' uh, controversial comments on his refusal to be vaccinated. There's Jordan Love's inauspicious debut. The Packers' not-so-special special teams. Uh, the emergence of the Packers defense. Wow, I, I was so impressed Sunday. But Rob, the, the biggest topic, and it's not even close, it, it is the biggest topic by far, relates to Rodgers. And we could probably spend an entire podcast or two just on this topic about him refusing to be vaccinated and his uh, comments about it. But uh, what aspect of this soap opera revolving around Rodgers really struck a chord with you? What, was there anything that really stood out? Gary, I think what really jumps to the forefront is that uh, the rest of the country and the rest of the world is, is starting to see or has now finally seen what a lot of us behind the scenes have, you know, kind of viewed for years, Gary, that this guy's a narcissist. He's a diva. You know, he's, he's remarkably selfish. He's manipulating with the media. You know, Gary, to a lot of us, like myself, uh, th- this whole thing about him saying he was immunized and then, you know, which obviously was a lie, um, no matter how you want to spin it, wordplay, whatever, it, it, it was a bold-faced lie, Gary. He knew what he was doing when he stood there that day at the podium. But, but this is Aaron Rodgers, Gary. I mean, all-time great quarterback, very, very questionable as a human being. I'm not sure he's a guy, you know, if you invited him over for dinner, Gary, you, you, after about 15 minutes, you might show him the door. Um, it just That's who he is. Gary is a guy. I went back, Gary, I, I, I looked up a story I wrote in January of 2013, and it was really kind of the first time anybody ever went after Rodgers as a guy. And they had just lost a playoff game out in San Francisco, this was about a year after he won his MVP in 11, Gary. So it's January of 13. And, and the season had ended, Gary, and I asked Rodgers, you know, if he, if, if he wanted to talk at all 
so it's it's the Monday and, and we're in the locker room. Okay. The season ended on a Sunday. Now it's a Monday. Mm-hmm. I asked Rogers if he wanted to talk about the season, you know, what's coming up for the future, yada, yada, yada. And, and, and that's what the final day in green Bay is Gary. They, they open up the locker room and, and people talk about the year sure. that was what's on the horizon, et cetera. And Rogers said, no, he didn't leave it alone there at that though, Gary, I, I, I moved about two or three lockers over and, and so did a lot of the other media. And we started interviewing Desmond Bishop. And after every question, Rogers, who's about five to 10 feet away, Gary would chime in with some kind of snide remark, you know, nice question. He'd yell, or he'd say, I can't believe you guys would ask him that, you know? So he's kind of like a petulant child, just kind of getting in the way of, of others yeah. doing their job. And, and Gary, if you remember that year, that, that was kind of a tumultuous year in, in Green Bay. You know, Jermichael Finley's agent had ripped Rogers for being a terrible leader. Shannon Sharp had gone on CBS, and, and I, I'm looking up the quote right here, Gary. He said, you know, Roger strikes me as a guy where it's always someone else's fault. It's never his fault. That was what year, Rob, again? So this is so that's the 2012 season already, Gary. Okay. Um, well, and, and I wrote this then in, in January of 2013. Um, you know, Sharp, Shannon Sharp says, I tell you what, just because you're a great quarterback and an MVP, it doesn't make you a great person. There's a major difference between the two. Uh, Gary, when I did this story, I called a scout at the time who I trust still to this day immensely. And, and the scout told me there's virtually no difference at all between Rogers and Jay Cutler. He said, Rogers is just marketed better from what I've told. They can both be a pain in the ass. And you know, Gary, this is nine years ago, and, and the light was just kind of started, you know, starting to shine at that time on Rogers and who he was as a guy and, and who he is as a leader. And and Gary, he he's not good at either one. I mean, in college, he had to take a class on leadership, Gary. That you know, he talks to this day about how you know, people ask him, you know, where did you develop your leadership skills, this, that, or the other thing. He took a class at Cal Berkeley on it, Gary. I mean, most people in life don't have to take a class. Brett Favre followed his dad around in a locker room for 15 years, you know, down in the kill. And, and that's where he learned to become a great leader. Others have done it kind of, you know, that way as well, Gary. And, and Rogers had to go to a book to do it. Gary, to this day, he's, he's still not a great leader. He's not beloved in that locker room, no matter what they're going to tell you when the cameras and the microphones, you know, go on. Um, I can guarantee you this. I mean, there was, there was an overflow crowd in Canton, Ohio, the day Brett Favre went into the hall of fame, Gary. I mean, the, the streets were lined with ex teammates. I was down there for that event and, and everywhere you turned, you bumped into, you know, backup, backup linemen and long snappers and third string wide receivers. You will not see that for Aaron Rodgers in five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 years, whatever it turns out to be, Gary. I, I thought the whole thing, then when he went on Pat McAfee, Gary, and, and he wanted to blame everybody else. Uh, Bob, know, I think I got you fired up with this topic. A little bit, buddy. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to keep it short because I want you to have your say too here, you know. But, you know, yeah. I, Gary, actually, when he went to McAfee, some of, I thought a lot of what he said made sense, you know. Yes, you um, did. But again, you know, when, when you start going after the woke mob, the cancel culture, making references to Martin Luther King, you're going to lose a lot of your base. And he obviously lost a lot, lost a lot of his base in the middle, you know, of, you know, or throughout that 46 minute diatribe. Now, now some of that Gary, you know, I honestly, I, I, I liked the guy more for some of that than I ever have or, or have in the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, again, what it came down to me though, Gary was him 
not taking responsibility. He never does. Gary, he can go, he can go eight for 23 or something like that in a football game and throw two or three picks and he can blame it on his wide receivers and his head coach. Um, at no point in time did he take any responsibility for his nonsense of going to the podium back in August, saying he was immunized, lying about it, breaking the rules ever since then, coming to press conferences, you know, unmasked Gary. He puts himself above the team. He, he, he's done it for the last three or four months. And the Packers are playing patty cake with him, Gary, because they're terrified of the guy. They want to need him in the building so bad. He's become bigger than the organization and they're terrified of the guy. So when you add it all up, Gary, the whole situation stinks. You know, Rogers continues to march on like a petulant child. Uh, the Packers are going to back him at every turn. They'll probably get a slap on the wrist here. Maybe a small fine, maybe a seventh round draft pick or something like that for, for this whole ordeal, Gary. But, but at the end of the day, you know, Rogers made himself more vulnerable uh, to COVID, I certainly believe Gary, and and he, you know, he may have. We'll find out as this plays out, Gary, but he may have cost him the number one seed here by missing that game on Sunday. Yeah, Rob, you know what? In uh, the thirty plus years of covering sports, uh, primarily, obviously in Wisconsin here, I don't think I've ever seen a more contentious reaction to a player than than what went down with Rogers. I, th I thought it was bad when Ryan Braun did his thing where he comes out and tells the world that, no, he's not on PEDS. And, you know, I mean, he did it repeatedly. And, you know, so many people that around him knew he was lying. And then, of course, you know the whole, whole story, Rob. But yep. um, he, they, they find out he does it. Then he throws the guy in Kenosha under the bus. And, uh, you know, you haven't heard a peep from that guy in Kenosha, by the way, have you? ever since that uh so I, you know allegedly braun and him got together i'm sure they worked out a deal but you know if you're, you're around sports long enough you see this happen way way too many times but the, this this was unbelievably contentious and uh, you know what rob i i, I like you i i was really really i'm, I'm not going to say down but surprised by roger's comments but when he went on McAvee and started explaining things, you know what? I, I had a different perspective and like, you know what? This guy actually looked into the vaccination. I mean, he didn't be a blind, you know, person walking, oh, I'll take the shot and, and have no solid background on the COVID uh, vaccination. So I, I give him a lot of respect for that, doing his homework. And even though some people might say it's shoddy, uh, talking to Joe Rogan. You ever talked to that guy, by the way? No, I, I haven't. Um, <laughs> obviously, the quarterback has. You know, and, and then, of course, you know, the people that are really down to Rodgers ran with the Rogan thing, like Rodgers didn't talk to anybody else. Of course, he talked to a lot, you know, other people besides Rogan. But, you know, everybody has their own uh, agenda. And the other thing is, as much flack as he took, there are a lot of people in this state, and I mean a lot of people, who probably agree with them about the vaccination part of it. They obviously don't agree with him lying about it, but the vaccination point. You know, every, every week, Rob, this is kind of a, a refrain. I, I throw a question at you, 
and it's all football related. Today, we're going to stray off a little bit into the wonderful world of politics, and I swear this will be the last time we do it okay. <laughs> but what do you think is the percentage of people who have been vaccinated in the state of Wisconsin? Oh, boy, Gary. I'm gonna I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I, I, so, I No, you know, I, I'm so covid out, Gary, I've stopped paying attention which I shouldn't do, I'll be honest, you know, with, with so many of the stories and the numbers, but um, I'm going to guess 65, Gary. 55%. In other wow. words, 45% of people in Wisconsin haven't, had, haven't been vaccinated. 45%. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that at all. Nope. You know, so there's a lot of people out there that can relate to Rogers on this. I got neighbors, I got friends who are nurses, I got friends that are doctors. Uh, you know, there, there's such a variety of opinions on this uh, controversial topic, but let me throw some numbers at you provided by the <laughs> uh, Wisconsin, what is their title? The Wisconsin Department of Health, okay? And I, I think they're interesting and I think they're revealing. Rob, how many people under 10 years old have died because of COVID in Wisconsin now? Two. Zero. Yep. Under okay. 10, zero. How about the 10 to 19 range? Two. Close, four, okay? Okay. So in other, word, so in other words, under, under 10 and 10 to 20, yep. it comes out to the people that came down with COVID, okay? 0.00% died, okay? Unbelievable, yep. You know, 2029, 20, 38 deaths again, 0.0%. 30 Gary, to 40. Gary, 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 and I'd love to know the numbers too on how many died from the flu because it's much higher, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And now here, here's where Rogers falls. And what is Rogers, 37? Yeah, Rogers will turn 38 the first week of December. So in the 30 to 40 range, there are 79 deaths, you know, which is a lot in which people, nobody wants to see anybody die for any reason. The percent of people that had COVID in that range that died, zero percent. It comes out to zero point one percent. Okay. Wow. So we're talking about zero 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 point one percent for people under forty. Okay. Yep. Now, when it when it gets up to my age, <laughs> then you got to be concerned, and, and all of this stuff has been well documented, but. You know, if you're Rogers and you're a lot of young people, I, I know some young people that they're, they're not getting vaccinated, man. It's not like they're not aware that they could spread or anything like that. They have genuine long-term issues and concerns about it. So anyways, that is my uh, political rant, and you will never hear me <laughs> bring up politics on this po podcast again. No, Gary, and I think it's remarkably fair, everything you outlined there, and, 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 and again, I'm not judging Rogers one bit on his decision to be vaccinated or not. That that is his choice. I, I don't think it should be jammed down anybody's throat by our by our government or anybody to that effect. I, I'm with you, Gary. I respect the guy for doing his homework. Now, uh, but again, I, I have a couple of beeps. You know, number one, I, I and the CDC has come out ever since his rant with McAfee from last Friday, and and they have showed you that five or six things through the course of you know, again, his, his diatribe with McAfee were just inaccurate, you know, where he was getting certain information from at least some of the information he was then trying to spew to the general public. The CDC is now saying was, was absolutely incorrect. 
you know, but Gary, the bigger thing to me still remains, you know, that, that he, he was asked point blank on August 26th by Ryan Wood, who does a really good job at the Green Bay Press Gazette. Right. Are you vaccinated? And his answer was, I'm immunized, you know, and the words are vir virtually have identical meaning. They are and, in the medical world. That is the term they use, immunized. Yep. Be because then Gary, he went on longer with his answer there. And he said, I am not going to judge those other guys who did not get vaccinated. Well, Gary, guess what? He was those other guys. Um, yes. Yes. He is those other guys. And, and my issue again, Gary, my problem is, Hey, that, that is your right. You don't want to be vaccinated. That that's absolutely fine. You, you, you know, but you have to follow these other rules. And he wanted to play by a whole set of different rules, Gary, than the other guys, you know, out there, the Kirk Cousinses of the world, the Carson Wentz's guys that we know are not vaccinated, uh, but are still following protocol inside their own building. The Packers kind of came up with this lame thing, Gary, saying, you know, inside team facilities, he's following all the rules. It's inside these media facilities where he's not. Well, the rules are still the rules, Gary, and, and I can guarantee you there's, there are a lot of media members because the majority lean extremely far to the left, Gary, that are absolutely terrified of COVID and walk around and it, and, and it dominates their existence. And they, number one, Gary, they would not have even gone to those press conferences or they certainly wouldn't have sat as close to Rogers through these press conferences as they did. So, you know, the, the fact that Rogers deceived, lied, whatever word you want to put on it, Gary, I, I think was ridiculous. He put himself, you know, I think above other players in the league, he put himself above the team. His union, Gary, negotiated the, the rules that are being operated on, under. If he doesn't like him, he's got another option. He doesn't have to play football. Mm -hmm. But but if you are playing football, those were the rules, and Aaron Charles Rodgers needed to follow those rules, Gary. You know um, what? I didn't know his name, middle name was Charles. That's good. I like that. All right. <laughs> we, 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 we try to educate and, and entertain on this show, right? Sure. Uh, Charlie. Charlie Rogers. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I, again, Gary, I, I just go back to the fact that here's a guy who's a, who's a total narcissist. The world revolves around him. Um, and he just decided to play by his own set of rules in, in this circumstance. And he said to hell with everybody else, Gary, the Packers knew what the Packers knew what was going on. They turned Absolutely. a blind eye to it. Um, so, I mean, th th they're all, they're all at fault. They're all in bed together. Uh, you know, Green Bay's just trying to get through this last dance season with as little drama as possible, but guess what, Gary? The drama can was open big time last week and, and everybody looked pretty bad when, when, when the, you know, kind of when the whole story was revealed. As you well know, Rob, I, I can be a little cynical, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I just wonder how many other players in the NFL are in the same situation. And somebody brought up a great point the other day to me. Uh, they were, they were talking about the Milwaukee Bucks and how they had COVID outbreaks during the playoffs. And I, you know what, the more I think about it, the more I think, what a joke. And, and this person was right. Giannis's brother, Thanasis, came down with COVID, okay? okay? So did one of the Bucks' assistant coaches who works extremely close with Giannis, okay? 
miraculously Giannis didn't get COVID or, or wasn't, you know, <laughs> delayed from playing because he was, you know, in close contact with these people. Right. So you, you wonder, okay, Rogers is, is, is being targeted now and, and rightfully so, but you got to wonder how many other teams have done this with players and uh, how, how rampant it really is. Well, you bring up a good point, and, and we're not going to know those answers, Gary, unfortunately, because the way the system is set up right now, you know, the locker room is still obviously closed to the media, so you can't go in there and, and, and get the kind of one-on-one situation that you once did. So a lot of times the only way you find out uh, what's going on with a guy is when he shows up in, in a media setting, Gary, either at a press conference or on a Zoom call. And, and a lot of times they'll go to a Zoom call if they are not vaccinated, Gary, um, because they won't be put in kind mm-hmm. of direct proximity with, with the reporters inside a media auditorium. Instead, they'll do those guys on Zoom calls. So it, it, you bring up a good point, Gary. We're, we're probably never going to know the answer. I, you know, I, I, hey, cheating in this sport, cheating in all sports has gone on forever, right? I mean, does it time and time again on his show. If you're not cheating, you're not trying all these teams bend the rules. Right. And, you know, from, from the Astros scandal that went on a, a few years ago to, you know, players still in baseball, having to drop their pants this year to, to prove that they didn't have any foreign substances on their body at any point in time. I mean, every, everybody's trying to get away with something at some turn, right. To, to get that advantage on, on the other team. But, but the bottom line here, Gary is, is, is Rogers was caught. He owned none of it. Um, I, I, I found it really interesting, Gary. I, I watched, you know, after the Kansas City game, obviously all the, just while I worked, I was paying close attention, you know, to the to the press conferences for the sure. Colts and their stories. And, uh, you know, three, four times in the middle of Jordan Love's press conference, Gary, you know, he owns his bad day. He, he takes full responsibility for not playing well enough and the fact Green Bay loses that game at Kansas City. Matt LaFleur stands there and, 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 and puts it all on himself for, for, for the ridiculous uh, amount of pressure love was under in that game that, that he didn't have a good enough plan to come up and, and stop Spagnola's blitz packages. Um, all these guys, Gary will stand there and take full responsibility time in and, and, you know, time over again. And, and Rogers has, has never done that Gary. And, you know, even to this day at 38 years old, when I am, Hey, Gary, we're a forgiving country, aren't we? We, we give, we have Michael Vicks of the world, second chances and um, you know, all sorts of guys. If I, I just, I think sure. if Rogers would have just owned some of this, the public perception wouldn't have been quite as strong. Uh, and, and, and Gary, I mean, it, it's not going to end. He, he lost Purveya healthcare uh, as a, you know, as, as one of his uh, you know, commercial types, you know, deals over the, over the weekend. I think if you saw paid close attention, Gary to games over, over the weekend, the, the previous week in week eight, Aaron Rodgers was in, uh, when, when State Farm ran a commercial, Gary, 25% of them nationwide were Aaron Rodgers commercials. Aaron Rodgers was in the commercial for State Farm in 25% of their commercials in week eight. I'll throw a number at you, Gary, or your, your question for today. In week nine here, you know, a few days after the Rodgers quote unquote scandal broke, how many, what percentage of commercials for State Farm do you think Rodgers was in last weekend? Well, I, I, I can base it on what I saw on the Monday night game. State Farm ran some commercials, and uh, he was nowhere to be found. Um, 
It was 25% at one point, you said? Well, it was 25% in week eight, Gary. Yeah, yeah so it was probably week, under 5%, I would imagine. Yeah, it was 1%. You, you drilled it. They, they haven't dumped him yet as a client. It wouldn't shock me if that happens here in the near future, or they certainly distance themselves from him as much as possible. But yeah, he, you know, he, he, he was in 25 times fewer commercials uh, this past weekend, Gary, than the previous one. So again, this act starts to get stale. It gets old. It rubs people the wrong way. Um, You know, again, I, I, I fully support his right to not be vaccinated, but the way he handled it, Gary was complete garbage. Yeah, and, and uh, a ton of people would definitely concur with you. I, I know I have two daughters. One's a semi-NFL fan. The other one uh, despises sports in general. <laughs> she has no <laughs> sport. And this is, you know, a classic example as to why she does. Uh, but both of them agreed about the comment that you made. If Rogers would have owned his mistake, and I'm not, I shouldn't even call it a mistake, his decision, okay? Yep. Everybody would have gave him a pass. Well, no, I'll take that back too. Not everybody would give him a pass no matter what. There's always critics out there. And you know that as much as I do. You, you could be God walking today, and there'd probably be 40, 50% of the people in this world would be criticizing him, if not more, right? But, but again, they, they all agreed with you, Rob, that if you'd have just said, hey, you know what? That's not what I meant to say. It really would have clarified. So when he went on McAfee, I don't think he really clarified everything even then. But um, yeah, I, I, in hindsight, I bet he wish he could do that over again and have a redo. But uh, let, let, let's move on to a, uh, another topic related to Rodgers. Um, Mike Florio of ProFootballTalk.com wrote a piece, I think it was Tuesday morning, that he believes Rodgers could possibly retire um, and now, of course, you know, that, that's gone on fire and people are saying, oh, my God, he's, he might retire when it was just this writer's opinion. Personally, there, there's no way he's going to retire. You know, Rogers uh, might have contemplated that maybe retiring, but there's no way he's going to let his teammates down. And especially the fact that this team has a legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl. Gary, nothing this guy does or would do will surprise me. I go back to all that stuff I said earlier, narcissist, diva, selfish, whatever. At the end of the day, Gary, to Tom Brady, to Russell Wilson, to Dak Prescott, to Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, the fact their teams might have a chance to win a Super Bowl means everything. I'm not sure it does to this guy. He, he marches to the beat of his own drummer. He's, he's a goofy fella. Um, you and I talked about this briefly, you know, but, but Bill Simmons last week, you know, was a best-selling author, a, a former ESPN guy, the, the sports guy, he kind of labeled himself as, I think he's a podcaster and something to that effect now, you know, and he had a comment as sometimes as people get, sometimes people get weird, he said, when they get older, and sometimes people who are single, they just become more and more narcissistic, and they see everything in the lens of me, 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 me. And, and Gary, I mean, football is the ultimate team sport. We know that. Rodgers has never been the ultimate team guy. And so, uh, yes, I think the odds that he'll retire, Gary, are remarkably slim. Don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is, you know, as a guy who has covered Rodgers since he walked into that locker room for the first time, Gary, back in 
what would it have been May of 05 to today. He's just, he, he's an odd duck, Gary. He's just, he's, he's different than almost everybody else who passes through there. You know, he calls himself a deep thinker, a critical thinker, et cetera, et cetera. You know, other people would. But you know, know. Rock, don't, don't you think that's actually accurate though? I mean, he is a deep thinker, maybe too deep for his own good. <laughs> I, I think at times, Gary, in a locker room with a lot of simpletons, it does get him in some trouble. You know, when, when, mm. when your SAT scores are probably double, yeah. what, what, you yeah. know, what, what the backup tight ends scores would have been when your wonder lick might be three times higher than the, than the outside linebackers. It, it can get you in some trouble, Gary. Yeah. When, you know, I mean, here's the thing though, Gary, he, I, he's always fancied himself to be the smartest guy in the room no and he's question. very smart, but he's not the smartest guy in the room. Okay. And, 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 and he's extremely bright, um, you know, and he's whatever he, whatever he chooses to do after this, Gary, if he doesn't, you know, absolutely torpedo his future endeavors, um, you know, by continuing to, you know, go off the rails a little bit here, as some of the people will certainly see. I mean, it's things like Jeopardy, Gary, will are 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 a pipe dream now for him after all of this. And but as long as he doesn't torpedo a whole lot more in the next, you know, six months, Gary, or whatever it is, until he does move on and and retire, he he's gonna have a ton of success in in his next career, whatever it is. But you know, Gary, I, you know, to your question again about retirement, again. Th- th- just nothing with this guy would, would, would fully shock or surprise me. Um, I still think, and, and this is my own Oliver Stone theory, Gary. Oh, I love like, Oliver Stone stories. <laughs> he, 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 this, is, this is my thought on it. You know, he stands in front of a camera a few different times and through the year here, much like he did last year, remember? And he talks about how he loves the Packers and he loves his teammates, et cetera, et cetera. And the average fan thinks, oh, they're, they're, they're going to fix everything. Him and Gutekunst, he's going to stay. He's going to play, et cetera, et cetera. And everybody, and everybody was shocked last year, Gary, when after the NFC Championship game at Tampa, when he started to drop a few breadcrumbs and hints that maybe everything wasn't so hunky-dory with him and the Packers and him and management. You know, mm-hmm. he, he has said all the right things about the team up until now, Gary, but, but what I envision is going to happen – Nothing has really been solved behind, you know, closed doors. He and Gutekunst, for whatever reasons, don't care for each other. Um, and instead of moving on and playing somewhere else, Gary, I think he's going to retire at the end of this year. And then the Packers are not going to get those draft picks and they're not going to get whatever compensation they would have had coming back on Rodgers. I think this is going to wind up being it, his final year. But I do think he finishes out the season, Gary. You know what? If, if if I was Aaron Rodgers, I would retire. Uh, I'll tell you what. I mean, I know people in that position get an incredible amount of perks and, and privileges. Okay, but but the bottom line is they're still human beings. And I'll tell you what. <laughs> I don't know how many people can withstand pressure like this from the general public. I I, I think it's it's extremely difficult. But uh, you know what? Two rub. All these people, all these haters on Rodgers right now, okay? It kind of reminds me of Brett Favre in his final days of his career, right? All these Packer haters. And then a couple of years later, he comes to Green Bay and the stadium's packed, right? <laughs> and they forget all about it. Same with Ryan Braun. The, the guy flat out lied. I mean, nobody, nobody 
can question that. And he comes back, and uh, what is Miller Park called now? I don't, I don't even know what the name is. I don't even know either. Yeah, Gary, he, he comes back, and all these thousands, among thousands of people stand up and cheer for him. This will pass too. In two, three years, you know, this will be a blip on the screen. I guarantee it. Oh, it'll be quicker than that, and and you know that. What what is what is interesting, Gary? Though, and you keep bringing up Braun, and and you remember Braun and Rogers were in business together. They owned a restaurant in Brookfield. They were best of pals a decade yep, ago. Yeah, exactly. Years ago, whatever that was, and and as soon as the Braun stuff broke, when when Braun was caught lying, and then through the, you know, the 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 PED guy, the the urine yeah. uh, transporter, I guess is. How, how you would define him threw him under the bus and blamed it all on him you remember rogers dropped him like a like a sack of potatoes gary um you know he, he got about as far as, as humanly possible away from from ryan braun after that whole thing went down and and they, they ended up selling that restaurant and you know at least at least publicly you know Ro- rogers gave out the impression that he had ended that friendship um and, and Gary, you know, it's so hypocritical because here we are seven, eight, nine, ten years later, whatever it turned out to be. And, and you've got the exact same thing going on now with Rogers. You yeah. are right. People have short memories. Somebody, you know, it was Urban Meyer two weeks ago, right? It was Henry Ruggs for, for five minutes. Now it's Aaron Rodgers. It's, it, it, there's always the next story, the, the next guy to screw something up big time, right? And, and they'll move on from that. And we'll forget about this little incident with Rodgers. But but the, the one difference, though, Gary, is, you know, I think I think Favre's popularity, especially in a place like Wisconsin, where, you know, the, the values, I think, mean a lot. I think we're a hearty, wholesome bunch. Um, you know, Favre, I, I think Favre played almost every, every demographic out there, Gary, and his popularity yes. was, was so remarkably high. Um, and it took a hit, but it bounced back. I don't think Rogers has ever had quite that same curating Gary where, where he's kind of appealed to, to, to everybody, the way, the way Favre once did. Favre was open and honest. You knew his family, right? You, you, you knew the, you knew Jeff and Scott, the brothers, you, you, you knew, you knew Meemaw, right? Is his grandma and everything <laughs> yeah. that went on in the Favre family, you know, he, he was an open book with, and, and people gobbled that up and loved him. And, and it, it was almost like he was, he was your neighbor and everybody welcomed him in. Right. Gary and Rogers has always been more of a closed book with, with that kind of stuff. I mean, he has virtually no relationship with his family whatsoever. That, 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 that's a whole nother weird story. You know, obviously we could, we could go into but I mean who doesn't talk to their parents for six eight nine years straight right that 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 that's a that's a whole nother can of worms there with with that guy but um you know my my point is Gary I just I don't think Rogers has ever been beloved as a guy to the level that Favre was you know the fan base will always show up and yell and scream when these guys throw touchdowns and wrap their arms around them but just when it comes to being a guy Gary there was such a difference in terms of you know John Wayne Brett Favre and, and Aaron Rodgers, you know, being, I don't know, just, just, just somebody that I, I think didn't quite play to the Wisconsin base to the same level that Favre did. Yeah. And, and whether it's good or bad, Rodgers had some huge shoes to fill, you know, when, when uh, Favre left and the same with Star, he's being equated with them and, I don't know. I think, and especially living in Green Bay, I, I think there's just a tremendous amount of pressure. I, I think you can do things in LA, Chicago, New York, Boston, wherever, 
and, and live your true life, okay? I don't think you can do that in Green Bay. I, I think you're always under the microscope. And, uh, you know, up, up until this, I think we all agree, the guy has an ego the size of Texas, okay? But has he done anything really bad in his time in Green Bay? I mean, outside of that, off the field or anything? Nope. Nope. I say no, you know? No. He's been a model citizen, a model you know, representative for the league and, and the franchise. And, you know, if he, for the most part, Gary, if, if, you know, you, you want him on the posters, right? The poster no question. of your team and, 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 and a guy for the league. What, what I'm telling you though, and, and everybody knows this is, is that there, there are just a lot of characteristics that he has as a guy that don't appeal to a ton of people, right? The narcissist. Oh, totally agree. Totally diva, agree. Yeah. Right. The, the selfishness and God, Gary, take Favre for example, time and time again, you know, he'd throw those six picks against the Rams in a playoff game. He'd have a lousy game against Tampa Bay. You know, he, he'd crap the bet against the Vikings and, and he'd put it all on himself. And Aaron Rodgers has never done that. And, you know, things like that, they will rub a fan base the wrong way through time, Gary. I remember, you know, I remember back in the day, you know, six, seven, eight years ago, Rogers went after all these guys on the scout team for, for not doing a good enough job. And, you know, in, in the practices to, to get, to get the starters ready, you know, for a game. I mean, he's just, he's kind of, uh, he's merciless Gary. He just goes, you know, it, it, it's all, again, it's always somebody else's fault and not, you know, and not Rogers. And, and, and again, Gary, 99% of what he's done in green Bay, I mean, I, I don't think the Packers can argue about because when, when you, when you start to get a 35, a $40 million quarterback um, over time, that guy is going to become larger than life inside the organization. No it, it, happened, it happened with Brett Favre. I mean, he became bigger than, than Mike Sherman. He became, he was bigger than Mike McCarthy when McCarthy showed up Rogers at some point became bigger than everybody else inside that building too. And then to, to try to, you know, to try to get a guy, then Gary, to, to, to play by the rules that everybody else is playing by is pretty damn hard. Um, you don't get a lot of Tom Brady's, Gary, right, that, that just fall in line and, and do what every other, you know, guy on the team does. And when, when you're the $40 million quarterback, I, you, you, you certainly, you know, want to play by your own set of rules at, at times. And Rodgers has obviously done that. But uh, – I, I don't know, Gary, it's, it's, it's been a remarkable week. It's been a fascinating week. And, you know, kind of to take this back to where we started, I, I, I think the rest of the world over the last five, six, seven days has found out a lot about Rogers that guys like myself and other people that have been around him for years already knew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we, we could talk about this uh, for, for days and, you know, one more uh, thought on Rogers though. Being the mega star he is, and you know, outside of Tom Brady, is, is there a bigger star in the NFL? Maybe Mahomes. No, I don't even think Mahomes is on the level of uh, Rodgers. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I covered the NBA for approximately 30 years. Okay, and I guarantee you, Rob, every superstar I encountered had the same kind of makeup as Rodgers. Whether it was Kobe Bryant, whether it was Michael Jordan. Uh, you, you can go right down the line. Isaiah Thomas, the, these guys think they are above everybody else. You know, it, it, they've been privileged from 
not not in Roger's case, but a lot of these guys are privileged since they're in grade school. They're told how great they are. And when they get to the level and they have mega success, they don't keep their egos in check. I mean, I heard a story when Giannis uh, uh, was, well, this is whenever Mike Budenholzer became the head coach of the Bucks. I heard shortly after Budenholzer was there, Giannis went after him <laughs> and, and confronted him about an issue, you know, in, in front of the, uh, his teammates and everybody else that was there, you know? And uh, I think Giannis has done a good job, at least publicly, of keeping his image intact. But my, my point is, when you get to the level of success that these guys do, the vast majority, I, I would say, are out of control with, with who they think they really are. Well, I wouldn't argue that point, Gary, and, and you've seen the play out through time. There aren't many Robin Younts out there, right, who um, are, are, are just humble and, and kind of go about and, and do their work on a day-to-day basis and don't expect their, you know, their own set of rules because they're a, they're a Hall of Famer. It's, it's rare when you get those kind of guys, and that's the good and bad, right, of having all-time – uh, talent in, inside your building. I mean, let, let's be honest. And Favre and Rogers are two of the top 10 quarterbacks probably that, that ever played this mm-hmm. game. And, um, you know, Favre certainly got a little bit larger than life by the end or larger than the organization. And, and Rogers had followed suit. And what's fascinating, Gary, to me is, mm-hmm. you know, Rogers tried, you know, when, when they first moved on from Favre after 07, and, and Rogers took over in 08, he, he tried to do a number of things to, to make himself kind of the anti-Farve. Favre always held his press conferences at a podium. Rogers wanted to do it at, a, at his locker to, to, to feel closer and more intimate with, 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 with reporters and guys and, you know, just, just various things. You remember Favre kind of had his own little dressing room by the end. Rogers didn't want to do that. There's just, there, there, there's things Rogers did Gary that you know just were 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 small details but where he kind of wanted to you know be the opposite of of what Favre did at at least publicly and now he's you know not now he's come full circle and 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 he's kind of gone diva times 10 in terms of what what Favre ever was so yeah I, I I don't know exactly where to leave this Gary other than to say you know what what Rogers did you know was in terms of the lying and was, was certainly disappointing and um the fact the Packers kind of knew and backed him on it was was probably equally disappointing Gary so we'll see what happens from he, from here the league's in the middle of this investigation again I, I expect most of it to be minor um small fine maybe small draft pick I certainly don't expect any any suspensions for a guy you know of of, of Roger's stature I think that would be a, a something the league certainly doesn't doesn't want to do and, um, you know, I, I would expect we'll probably know a lot more than that on that by the end of the week. Yep, it's going to be interesting to uh, see where this goes. You know, Rob, how many packet books have you written? Eight? Am I, am I, I have correct? written eight, yes. And, and you know what I, I got? Gary, into... a couple of them actually sold okay. So that was... <laughs> hey, I got a couple of them. Not all eight, <laughs> but I got several. <laughs> I'll get, but, I'll, get, I'll get you something in the mail here before Christmas. There you go. But I, I'm proposing number nine now, okay, right here, yes. right now. I, I, you know what? I, I've helped this guy for the past year and a half, a guy named Roland Lazenby, who I think is one of the best sports authors in the world. We're, we're working on a book on Magic Johnson. 
But I'll tell you what, he asked me a, a couple of weeks ago if I had any interest in writing, you know, on anybody in particular. And, and I thought about it and I go, not really. Nobody really overwhelms me. Like I would <laughs> invest a lot of time and energy. But I'll tell you what, Aaron Rodgers would be the one. I, I think whoever writes the book, because you know Aaron Rodgers is going to reveal basically everything, right? He, he's not going to be a, a guy that holds back. That is going to be one hell of a book. <laughs> I, I would agree. You know, Gary, I, I've done a couple books that have been centered on Rogers, but it, it's not Rogers and I working together in unison. Um, you know, you, you are right. Whenever he steps away and, and does that book, it, it's probably going to be, it's probably going to going to be a monster, but because the, the books I've done on Rogers, Gary, have actually sold in, in incredibly well. On one of them, we had to do like a third or a fourth run even of, mm-hmm. of, of, of print. So um, no, you're, you're spot on. You know, I, it's probably one of his California pals, like a Michael Silver or somebody like that one day who, who winds up doing it. But you're right, Gary, it, 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 it's probably going to have some big time numbers. Well, if Aaron's listening, he wants to uh, write a book, we're available, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to put in our plug now. So um, anyways, when we started this podcast, Rob, I thought we'd spend maybe 10, 15 minutes on Aaron Rodgers. And, and what have we spent? Almost like 50? Uh, I don't know. Where we're at, Gary? Yeah, somewhere we're around we're there. At. All right, let's, 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 then let's get to Jordan Love. Absolutely. You know, next five, 10 minutes, let's talk about it. Because there's a lot to talk about, a lot to talk about him as well. And uh, he made his first regular season start uh, last Sunday, as everybody knows. And um, it, it wasn't an auspicious debut. He, he struggled and he really struggled mightily in the first half. And, um, Rob, what kind of grade would you give him if you were uh, a professor of pro football? Probably like a C minus, a D plus, Gary. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, I didn't think it was as quite as awful as a lot of people were chalking it up to be, but it obviously wasn't good either. You know, the seven points should have been at least 13. Uh, Crosby has the one field goal that he misses, another one that's blocked. And, I mean, Gary, if that's the case, we, we you know, we, we could have been talking an overtime game. And it certainly felt to me like like Love and the offense had some momentum, certainly in that in that fourth quarter. I mean, Gary, you're right. You know, a couple of major issues early, at least, that jumped out to me, you know, were his accuracy or inaccuracy. Um, and then his, his, his real, just his awareness, Gary, at the line of scrimmage in terms of, of what was coming in terms of the blitzes. Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, is kind of notorious as, as a heavy blitzer, Gary. And, and, he, and he certainly came after love with, with, with multiple, you know, multiple different uh, blitzes and schemes and things to that effect. Five, six, seven rushers were very constant in that game, Gary. And, and love and the Packers weren't ready. And now, now a lot of that to me, Gary, goes on Lafleur. Um, and the offensive line coaches who didn't seem to, to have a plan ready. It seemed like the Chiefs always had an extra rusher versus what Green Bay had had in to block, uh, Gary. But even at the times they did pick stuff up and it was clean, Love, Love did struggle for the most part, Gary. His final numbers aren't terrible. 19 of 34 for a buck 90, a touchdown, a pick. Um, in terms of first starts, Gary, if you go trace history, it you know, it, it's better than what what Aaron Rodgers played in 06, which was his second year in the league. It's isn't, it's, isn't that it's, hard to believe? I, yeah, I, I, mean, I thought I thought Love was horrible. I'll be honest with you. Thought he was horrible, huh? Yeah, I, I, I did. And 
Um, to think that Rodgers had worse statistics <laughs> than Love, that, that's mind-boggling. Yeah, I mean, Gary, and people forget this now. I mean, that 06 season when it was Rodgers second in the league, he only played twice in, in mop-up. Well, it wasn't even mop-up duty. In one of the games against New England, he had to come in and replace Favre. Uh, who got dinged, and Rodgers was just god-awful. Green Bay got shut out that day uh, by Bill Belichick and the Patriots in Green Bay, and and Rodgers actually, it was revealed the next day, had broken his foot. Um, you know, he, he gets a lot of credit for sucking it up and playing through through that game, but he was god-awful in that game, Gary, and and that was year two for him. I mean, there, there's going to be a learning curve, a growth curve here with, with Jordan Love. I, I Packer fans are so spoiled, Gary. No they're, question. They're, you know, and, and I don't want to offend our listeners. I love our listeners, but for the most part, Gary, they, 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 they are a group that hasn't seen lousy quarterback play now for 30 years. And all they got to do is, is flip around the dial on a given Sunday and, and watch some of these games where, you know, 16 teams have quarterbacks where it's a struggle. And it, and it was a struggle for Jordan Love on, on Sunday, Gary. But I also thought there was a lot of, a lot of things that were positive that, that tells me if this guy gets 15, 20, 25 starts under his belt, he's got a chance to be a pretty darn good player. He got in a rhythm late, Gary. It's just certainly in that fourth quarter. He completed nine in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, the offense looked like it should. He, you know, he had three, four completions in a row to, to the wide receivers out there, to, to Adams, to MVS. He hit Adams again. And it was really the way the offense was supposed to flow, Gary, instead of check downs and, and things like that. I, I thought his escapability was pretty good, Gary. He's, he's got good feet. Um, he's going to be able to run for some yards to get himself out of trouble. Uh, where, where it comes in as much as anything, though, Gary, is when he gets to the line of scrimmage, the mental side of things is yep. obviously where Spagnolo, Spagnolo, and you know the Chiefs had the advantage of uh, against Green Bay in in that game. But I, Gary, I thought there were some positive things to build around. Pe- people forget really quickly what a struggle it is for young quarterbacks in this league. I mean, look, 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 look what the jets have had going on, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. You know, it, it, the Trey Lance in San Francisco, you know, had a few opportunities, Justin Fields in Chicago. This is a damn tough league for a young quarterback Gary. It, yep. They're not going to walk on the field and, and look like Aaron Rodgers in, in year 17 or, or Brett Favre in year 15 or something like that. So um, again, Gary, yeah. Um, below average, certainly. But, but there were some things to build on. And, and I'll tell you right now, Gary, he's their guy. He's their quarterback next year. Anybody that wants to yell and scream and say, bring Rodgers back, bring Rodgers back, it just comes down to this simple fact, Gary. They're $36 million over the cap. Aaron Rodgers is on the books for 46 next year. They are an absolute salary cap hell. The only way to bring Rodgers back, Gary, is to cut five, six, seven other starters. And I can tell you right now, Rodgers isn't going to come back and play with a, a roster that gets completely blown up mm-hmm. in the offseason. So Jordan loves your guy with this cast of characters moving forward. And, but in, you know, over the next, next few years, they're going to have to figure out how to win games that way. Yeah. You know, that, that first half, Rob, very, very seldom do I feel any sympathy or sadness for, for a professional athlete. <laughs> I, I felt sorry for him in that first half. He didn't have a clue. And anybody that said that he did, all he had to do was look at the body language of his teammates. They were all like, what the hell is going on? And I'm not faulting Jordan Love. I mean, he's thrown into a rough spot. And as you accurately pointed out, 
coming into the NFL is not easy by any stretch. Uh, so, but I'll tell, I'll tell you what, having a subpar game like he did, I think is going to benefit him. I, I think it's going to motivate him to get better. And I'll tell you what, the other thing is the expectations. You know, he didn't come out of the block and look like the next phenom, right? Like Graham Mertz at Wisconsin. I mean, everybody thought Graham Mertz was going to be who, you know, John Elway the second, you know, uh, after his first game, which he was unbelievable. And it's been downhill pretty much ever since. So I, I think that's going to benefit him uh, in the long run. Hey, Gary, by the way, Wisconsin's won five games in a row and Mertz seems to have some things figured out. Let's go. Oh, here we go, Mr. Badger. Come on now, Gary. I'm going to get you a ticket right now for Wisconsin-Ohio State to, to in the Big Ten championship game. I know, I know. And I'm, I'm not saying Merch is bad, but I think the expectation level is that he's going to be a Heisman Trophy winner, right, after that first game? Yeah, and believe me, I I, I was leading the Bucky Mobile on that one, Gary. So, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I just, I mean, I felt sorry for the kid because he was so phenomenal in that first outing. I go, hey, there's only one way this guy's going to go, and he's going to bear the brunt of the media criticisms, criticism, the fan criticism. And, uh, you know, obviously he's, he's a solid quarterback, you know, but nowhere near the expectations, I think, the unrealistic expectations a lot of Wisconsin fans had for him. Now we're really off the off the tracks, huh? Well, you know, Gary, though, you know, just back to love for a second. You know, I, yeah. I I I was flipping around watching a lot of stuff around the league last, last Sunday, um, especially before the Green Bay game, and then over the last day or so. You know, think about this, Gary, though, and and, and this again is to drive home my point about just just how ridiculously hard this league is, and and I think love's got a chance, Gary. You know, but you let's just bounce around and look at, look at a few teams, for example. Right. I mean, Sam Darnold, I think was the third pick when he went to the jets. Mm-hmm. He's on a second team now in Carolina and he, and he still had a miserable Sunday. You know, the Patriots absolutely lit him up. Well, we, you know, we, we mentioned Trey Lance, the third pick of the draft this year to San Francisco. I, uh, he, he's had, he's had a brutal year when, when he's got a chance to play, um, you know, Derek Carr, threw a, who I like a lot, you know, had, had a really bad day against the Giants, threw two, three picks in that game. For God's sakes, Gary, you know, Patrick Mahomes had one of the worst games of his yeah. career on Sunday. Yeah. If you look at just pure stats, um, Jordan Love outplayed him. Mahomes had the, had the lowest yards per attempt of his career in that game on Sunday. And, and obviously, you know, we're talking about a Hall of Famer here. So the league is hard, Gary. I mean, especially for these young guys, like, like we mentioned earlier right you know Wilson with the Jets now Fields Lance can't get on the field there there aren't many that just you know Trevor Lawrence is struggling obviously and in Jacksonville Gary he he was the number one pick in the draft probably the best rookie quarterback has been the kid in New England and you know in Jones there so it's it's brutal Gary I think you know uh, another year in this system an off-season, Gary, where he is the man, Jordan Love, that is. He's getting all the number one reps all through the off-season, all through the preseason. Um, he, Gary, he didn't even know till the middle of last week he was going to be starting. I mean, they, they, they kick reporters out of practice pretty darn early, Gary. I, I uh, Up until last week, I, I would be curious how many times he and Devontae Adams have even, you know, connected in a practice for – you know, for catches. It, it's not that many is my point, Gary, you know, so they're not going to have the chemistry that Rogers and Adams have. Um, he's not going to have that chemistry with any of these guys, but again, 
I thought there were signs, Gary, that, that, that tells you that, that lets, lets you know, this guy's got a chance to be, you know, solid. I, I, I'm mm-hmm. not going to get crazy. I agree with that. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to get crazy and tell you he's going to be one of the top eight quarterbacks in three years or something like that. But you can win a lot of football games with a guy like that. It's obviously easier to win in that league when you've got Hall of Fame talent. It just doesn't come along real often. Green Bay has hit. Green Bay has won won the lottery two straight times, right? They have back to back winning lottery tickets. You don't get three in a row. And and this is what it's going to be. And and again, just you know, Packer fans who are so spoiled, Gary, are going to have to get used to again what you know, average quarterbacking play looks like and how tough it is to win in this league. And you might have to grind out some games 20 to 17 rather than putting on some kind of aerial circus that Favre and Rogers have done here for 30 years. Right. And, and beating people 42 to 10. Yeah. Yeah. No, no question about it. You know what uh, you and I are, at least I am big fans of the floor. I mean, what he's done, you know, in the last almost three years has been remarkable. I mean, the best winning percentage by any quarterback to start out his pro career in, in that span. But I'll tell you what, he didn't do Jordan Love any favors with his uh, game game calling uh, against the Chief. At, at least that was my perspective. And, and afterwards, to his credit, and I know he was trying to shoulder the criticism, he said it was, quote, squarely on me. And it was. Uh, and I tweeted this out during the game. When you have two running backs, the caliber of Dylan and Aaron Jones, and you don't keep pounding the rock when you have a quarterback who is making his first NFL start, I, I think you make you, you made a major mistake. Um, and I can understand, particularly in the fourth quarter, uh, early in the fourth quarter, uh, Aaron Jones had back-to-back really good runs, okay? And then... LaFleur abandoned it, and I think he threw the ball six straight times. Jones comes back and it puts together another, I think, one or two good runs, and LaFleur abandons that. And I, I just thought, like, okay, there's enough pressure on Love already. Why are you putting more pressure on him? Oh, I, I'm with you, Gary, and I, I know it's tough to run into a loaded box. Um, when, when they've got more people inside that box than you have to block, it, it's going to be tough to get your ground game going, but, but Gary, they threw the ball 34 times. They ran at 25. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, so that, that, that's a 58%, uh, 58% of the time they threw the ball, Gary, I, I would have thought it would go the other way, to be honest. I would have thought absolutely runs, 25 passes for yep. example, uh, where, where that, those numbers would have been absolutely flip-flop. And when they got in a rhythm, especially in that fourth quarter, Gary, I, you kind of sensed love, became a little bit more comfortable late third quarter range mm-hmm. and he completed two, three in a row there. And then I think he completed his first seven of the fourth quarter. Cause at one point he had nine straight completions, Gary, the chiefs started to play a defense a little bit different. They weren't coming at him quite as hard. Um, and, and you saw some more seven man fronts and I thought they could have ran into those. Um, you, you remember the one drive they got deep and, and love got picked off on the pass to Adams. Um, yes. They got deep in, ter- in Kansas City territory there, Gary, and, it, and to me it would have been a perfect time to just hammer away with Jones and Dylan. It was still 13-0 at the time. He ended up throwing that pick. They got a stop, and, and then they came back and scored on the next one with about five minutes to go on the touchdown to Lazard. But I, I, I thought LaFleur uh, missed the boat there, Gary, and I thought he missed it too on, on just scheming to get ready for the Chiefs, knowing 
that their defensive coordinator is an all-time blitz-happy dude. He yes. loves to come after quarterbacks hard. And in Green Bay, it was almost like they missed that scouting report on, on Spagnola. And because this guy's been doing it forever with the Giants, with the Rams. Wherever he goes, he's a blitzer. And, um, you know, Green Bay should have knew that was coming, especially with a rookie quarterback. And LaFleur didn't seem ready because, Gary, I can tell you, if they could have blocked that up two or three times, they might have been able to hit a home run at some point there to MVS, and that totally changes the game. Right. I mean, it, it would have been one thing if, if the Packers running backs were run-of-the-mill running backs. Right. Or um, they weren't having success, but they were having success running the ball. And uh, I, I will say this for LaFleur, though. Remember that fourth down and what was it, one yard to go in the fourth quarter? Yep. And – I would have bet every last penny they were going to run the ball in that situation. And he put the ball in Love's hands and, and he made a nice throw and, and they converted the first down. And I thought that was a hell of a move by LaFleur to instill confidence in, in Love. No, I, I'm with you. And Lazard, that was the play I think you're talking about to Lazard, I mean, which was fantastically designed, uh, schemed up. And Lazard makes a great move to to duck under the, the corner and, and get himself to the end zone. You know, but well, this, Gary, is, this is the other one where he threw like a little square out. Pass. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, That yeah. one. Sure. Uh, okay. on, on fourth and one, but I, yep. I, I thought, okay, the game's on the line and you know what you said, you know what? I still have faith in you. You struggled most of the game, but you know what? I'm going to give, give you the opportunity to succeed. And he did. I, I, I thought it was a great move on the floor's part. No, and, and the kid made a couple of pretty good throws in those yes, situations, Gary. He did. Yeah, the one you're talking about, I think, is when Adams was just short of the first down marker, maybe, right? And Correct. They, and then they had to come back and and, and play from there. But, no, I, again, I his second half was dramatically better than his first half. You saw him get better through the course of the game, which is obviously what you want to see as, as, as a coach. He got more comfortable. His accuracy got better. I thought Green Bay blocked it up a little bit better through the through the course of the game. And his wide receivers started making plays to help him out too, Gary. Again, it, this is such a small sample. It's such a tiny body of work here. And people that are, you know, jumping off the rails and, and yelling exactly. and screaming now that this, this guy is not the answer and they have to find every possible way to bring Aaron Rodgers back. I'm just telling you, Gary, it's, it, it, I guess barring a Super Bowl win where it's a PR, you know, nightmare, a catastrophe to move on from Rodgers. I just don't see him coming back next year. This is the guy. And again, I think there are enough positive qualities and attributes in his game to think that you can keep playing winning football over there in Green Bay, even when Rodgers is out of town. You know, uh, Rob, we've been doing this podcast. Uh, I think we're right around an hour, a little, little more. And I thought for sure at some point we, we would get to Blake Bortles. <laughs> Thankfully we didn't, Gary. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So. Then, then, then you'd have a podcast completely off the rails. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what. This was, this was tremendous. I, I just had a lot of fun today. And uh, Is there anything you want to uh, touch on before we call it a wrap? Yeah, just, just two, two points real quick because I know we want to stay around that hour range. You know, again, kudos to the, the Packer defense. I tweeted out during the game, Gary, this is the first time since about 2010 I think they should feel they have a championship-level defense. I mean, they, they really do. 
to, to do what they did to the Chiefs and Mahomes, Gary, in, in that game, keep, keep, keeping him to 13 points, keeping him to about half the yards that they normally average in the course of a game, Gary. And, and then you're talking, they're missing Jair Alexander. Kenny Clark gets hurt. Uh, Stokes got hurt in warmups and didn't play. They're still missing Zadarius Smith. I mean, they've, they've got guys like your guy, Chris Barnes, jumping up and having just a, a monster game. He, he looked like Ray Nitschke yesterday. Oh, my God. <laughs> or on Sunday, I should say, yeah. Just remarkable. No, they've even, – even Gary, even, Ke- even Kevin King had a lights-out game, you know, lining up largely against Tyreek Hill. Wait, 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 wait a second. Can, I know it. Can, can, I, we, hey, can, we, <laughs> can you repeat what you just said? <laughs> I give credit where credit's due. And he had a hell of a football game. He, I mean, he really did. He did. I, mean, I agree. I agree. Matt LaFleur has talked since he showed up. He needs his defense to fly around and swarm to the ball. And, you know, for a year, year and a half, Gary, they, they didn't do that. Hadn't done it. I thought they got better last year through, through the course of last season. I thought they were a much better defense the second half of last year uh, under Petten than they were in the first half. And, and then, Gary, I, you know, I thought they'd take a step back this year with, with Joe Barry, especially after that first game against the Saints. But, man, they have been lights out since. So, you know, major kudos there. But then, Gary, on, on the flip side, I don't know what they do at this point with special teams. I mean, they've, they, they have trotted so many coaches in there over the last 15 years that have tried and failed. It doesn't appear that Mo Drayton is the answer either. Um, and, and, and Sunday was one of just – you know, just, just a comedy of errors again, Gary. I mean, yeah. just, you know, you talk about, we talked about this earlier, Crosby goes over two on the day. He's wide left on the first one as the second one blocked. I mean, Gary, a month ago, we were, we were talking about, is he a hall of fame kicker? Yeah. He's, he's yeah. four for his last 10. I mean, yeah. he's an absolute mess. That whole unit is a mess. The holder, the snapper, Crosby, Crosby is barking at people right and left. Um, you know, that, that, that whole thing is, is just a mess. And, and Amari Rogers on, on punt returns is a disaster. Um, you know, he, he gives up three points by not fielding the one and, and the chiefs recover. And then he muffs the second one. So, I mean, Gary, that, that is far and away to me, the biggest thing they need to get fixed on this team, but we've been saying that for 15 years, they're not, they're, they're the odds are they're not going to get it fixed. And, and Mo Drayton's the guy, Gary, who's, you know, got to stand in there and, t- and take the bullets because it, it hasn't gotten better with him as the special teams coordinator. And, um, you know, Gary, I don't even know what to say about them anymore other than, you know, if, if I guess if I'm Green Bay, I go out, I fair catch every punt, and I try to kick every ball out of the end zone and just take almost, Gary, play it to the point where you're, you're doing everything possible to take special teams out of the end result of the football game. Yeah, good point. You know, uh... During Sunday's game, I, I tweeted out uh, about how Joe Barry was just just annihilated by the media after game one, and rightfully so. I mean, the Packer defense was horrendous. But since then, they, they've been pretty damn good, and, and I thought, you know what? Maybe people should, you know, call it like it is and say, hey, Joe Barry's done a remarkable job with, with what's been given to him. Like you pointed out, they don't have Alexander. They don't have Zadarius Smith. They didn't have a bunch of other guys in that defense is the last time I checked one of the top 10 in the NFL, but you know what made my day Rob was when you tweeted out that I couldn't believe it, that you thought perhaps they had a super bowl type defense. 
<laughs> Gary, I, they do. I mean, I, I know. I, I agree. I, I totally I mean, agree. I, and, I, and I think I even put it in the tweet, Gary. I can't believe I'm typing this. But, yes, exactly. Uh, it was hilarious. I mean, but, but you, you know, at least you owned up yeah, to it, right? <laughs> sure. No, I, uh, Gary, they're up, to, they're up to fifth now in total D, sixth in uh, points allowed. They've, you know, they, they've jumped up a spot, two, three, four spots every week since that dismal opener where they gave up 38 to the, to the saints. No, they're, it's fascinating, Gary, what, what they're getting done in spite of the injuries. I mean, the, the best corner they have, the best pass rusher they have, they lost their nose tackle the other day. Yeah. Kenny Clark. Exactly. You know, the, 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 the rookie corner who I think is going to be outstanding went down. You're pulling guys off the street. Like, you know, Rasul Douglas and, and even Devondre Campbell, who they pulled off the street, Gary in June, right. I mean, Chris Barnes is an undrafted guy. No, they're, 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 they're playing lights out defense that, you know, Packer fans that have wanted to put everything, every, you know, blame, blame every loss for the last decade, at least playoff loss on the defense instead of Rogers or McCarthy or, or LaFleur or this, that, or the other thing. It, it always comes back to everybody wanting to blame the defense. I don't think that's going to be the case this year, Gary. I don't think I don't think when this is all said and done, if the Packers fall short of their goals, you're going to be able to play, be able to play, blame the defense because if they can get if they can get healthier, Gary, and even get, you know, I mean they're going to get Clark and Stokes back here real soon. Those are short term injuries, but Gary, if they somehow get Zadarius and Jair back oh. uh, on that defense, yep. holy cow, holy yep. holy. That yep. is that, that 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 could be a dynamite unit here when we get to January. No question. Rob, another podcast is in the books. I, I think it lived lived up to our uh, pre-podcast type. <laughs> could be an all-timer, Gary. It could be for better or worse. It could be an all-timer. Right. For better or for worse. Right. <laughs> well, anyways, Rob, uh, thanks so much for uh being a part of this as usual and uh Really, really enjoyed your perspectives, and uh, thanks to you, and thanks to our listeners. Take care, and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofle and WooflesPressBox.com. <laughs>